Okay, we are uh, now into, there's an overlap of two, uh, two series, sermon series. The first one is the Holy Spirit series. The second one is the First Corinthians. So there are some overlaps here. We have covered who is the Holy Spirit. Pastor Joanne talks about he is a person, he is God, he is holy, he is there to guide us. And our elder Edwin talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not just uh, a resident in our life. He wants to be the president in our life. And uh, Vincent last week mentions about this relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. It causes us to bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit of it being more Christ-like. Um, so that's, and today we're going to talk about, the next three weeks, talk about the gifts. But I break into three parts. Today is just an overview of gifts. We're just covering from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then next week, we're going to talk about the gifts and love. Then the following week will be more specifically about spiritual gifts in relationship with the two, two particular gifts that was addressed in the uh, church in Corinth. That is the tongues as well as prophecy. So we'll cover more in detail in uh, three week, uh, two weeks' time, chapter 14 in this. So just a recap. So I mentioned about the, the overlap here. First Corinthians series, we have covered the first part. We have covered the report, respond to report. We covered the response to responses to the letter about marriage, food offered to idols, not finished yet. We'll come back to it. Men and women in worship, we'll also come back to it later on. The Lord's Supper. And then, now we jump the gun to spiritual gifts here. So, give us an idea. In the book of Corinthians, again, we talk about our beliefs and our actions need to conform to the gospel. The gospel undergird everything that we do and we say. Talking about the gospel, I'm, I'm very encouraged. Uh, two years ago, I was together with Crystal. Uh, we, we oversees the, the Christmas at Teban. And uh, I'm very encouraged to see how the team work together. Uh, before it starts the event, there are people already there. They take the cloth, they take the chairs, they wipe the chairs. They arrange all the chairs together. And then later on, there will be another group of people coming. They'll go to one room, one corner, and then they will, they'll be praying. Then another group of people coming. They're coming there to sing. Then another group of people coming. They arrange all the props. They make all the props. Then another group of people coming. They do the makeup for the actors. And then another group coming to sing. And different one, what are you doing? On that night, there at Teban Garden, they preach the gospel the best way they know how. The best day they know how. They preach the gospel through their singing, through their acting, through their voices, through their hands, through their talents, through all the gifting God has blessed them. They use it to preach the gospel as they know how. This is the church coming together to work. And today, this is what we're going to talk about here. That you and I, we have a role to play. With whatever that God has gifted you, you have a role to play. And God do not leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He also gave us a lot of spiritual gifts. So we're going to give an overview about the spiritual gifts. So if you have the Bible, you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If not, you can just look up here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a long passage. I'm going to read through, follow along, because uh, God's Word is living and active. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do not be ignorant. Do not, be, do not know about this thing. Be, be informed. Paul is saying, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, because... And no one who says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, everyone, it is the same God at work. You see the Trinity there at work in gifting us. God, the Spirit, God, uh, Christ, the same Lord, and God, the Father in giving us the spiritual gifts here. Let's talk about the unity. And verse 7, Now to each one, the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
to one is given through the spirit of through the spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing and by one spirit by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another the interpretations of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit he distributes them to each one just as he determines verse 12 just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with christ for we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body whether jews or greeks or jews or gentiles slave or free we were all given that one spirit to drink even so the body is not made up of one part but many many okay this is an overview uh, paul mentions about these issues about spiritual gifts because the corinth church the church of corinthians a very gifted church they have a lot god have blessed them with gifts not just a corinthian church but every church so paul want to give them this uh, teaching so what is spiritual gifts as i read the bible and the various commentaries i compiled them together this is my understanding of what is a spiritual gift a spiritual gift it's an ability that is empowered energized by the holy spirit and is given to every believer according to god's grace and purpose to do what in order to build up the church in order to build up the church god didn't leave us alone he so called given us the tools quote unquote the tools and this spiritual gift seems to fall under two loosely fall under two different categories the first one will be so called related to our natural abilities these are granted to into individuals an extra measure of certain actions commanded of all christians for example teaching leading giving service exhortation mercy and faith so this one category the so called the more the natural then the other one will be the so called the more miraculous type of abilities where it requires a more direct empowering than the others okay so the gift of tongues a person can speak in a language that you have not learned before whether it's a known language or an unknown language and then the gift of interpretation the person able to listen to a latter language never learned before and able to offer interpretations and the healings when the people get healed miracles also distinguishing of spirit this would be seems to be the more miraculous kind of abilities and all these paul called them spiritual gifts some churches will emphasize more on the so called natural abilities some churches will emphasize more on the supernatural abilities but i believe god wants us to emphasize both both the spirit gives gives both all all these category and we want to pray if our church there are more that so called the more natural accessibility then we want to pray for more of the supernatural if we get the most in our church more of the supernatural then we want more of the natural so that we are all balanced in order to uh, show forth what god have to build his church and next i also want to address this issue about christian responsibility and spiritual gifts all of us are commanded to carry out certain responsibility and therefore we have the ability to do it what kind of responsibility like i mentioned earlier teaching helping giving serving having faith we are all commanded to do such things but yet not all christians have the gift of evangelism but all christians have the ability to share the gospel even though you may not be gifted in this area you are still commanded to share the gospel we may not have the gifts of healing but we all can pray for healing and god hears our prayer even though we do not have the gift of faith but we are all called to exercise our faith and we are supposed to do that 
And we cannot use this as an excuse. Oh, because I don't have the gift of giving. I don't need to give offering. No. These are all basic Christian responsibilities God has given. God has given you the ability to do that. Just that certain people, God has gifted them in a special way that they have a greater enablement, able to do it, have a greater so-called outcome, the greater amount, and it comes more naturally, and the greater frequency. As they, as they pray for healing, people get healed. More people get healed. As they give, they naturally they can give more. As they trust God for miracles, they're able to have seen more miracles in a greater frequency. This is what I call spiritual gifts here. Understand? Okay, next. Who is it given to? Given to who? Paul said to each one. Therefore, every Christian, as long as you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have at least one gift. All of us are called to be priests. What's the role of a priest? It is to serve God and also to minister to God's people. And spiritual gifts enable us to do this role. We are responsible to use them. You, some of you, you have spiritual gifts. Just that it lay dormant because you have not been using it or you are not aware about it. And hope that today, I pray that today as I go through, share with this passage, you will activate so-called. You're going to discover and then you trust God to be able to use it. The, the Spirit gives it this gift based on His grace. Nothing to do with on our part. All about the grace of God and also according to what He determines. So according to His purpose. The word spiritual gifts came from the Greek word called charisma. And the word charis means grace. So spiritual gift could be called a gift of grace. You have nothing to do with how spiritual, how smart, how beautiful, how rich, how poor, how old, how young. Nothing. Nothing to what we can do. It is just purely grace. Nothing to do with our maturity even. So it's purely grace given to us. And what's the purpose? The purpose, as you have seen just now, it is to for common good, to build up the church. The church is to be, it is not for personal exaltation, not for personal glory, but to build up the church, tell that help the church to grow in maturity. That's the purpose of the spiritual gifts. And there are various other teachings as I just now from the passage as well as other passages in the Bible. I will just run through this, some of these other teachings about spiritual gifts. As I mentioned, every Christian would have at least one gift. But some people have many gifts, but at least one. And we are told not to be ignorant, not to be uninformed, but you need to know what is your gift. And then, no, no one receives all the gifts. Means that one person have every gift, don't have. And not one gift is given to everybody. It does not mean that everybody will have the gift of exhortations. No. Not everybody. Because Paul mentioned earlier, he gave a lot of um, questions where the answer is no, no, no. Not everybody is a prophet. Not everybody uh, able to have the, the gift of faith and all these things. And then, next week, we're going to talk about, Pastor Kevin will talk about this, we need to exercise our gift with love. Not for personal glory, but with love. And then we are to easily, uh, eagerly, not easily, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. More gifts. Gifts that will build up the church. Paul encourages us, easily, uh, eagerly, not easily, Eagerly desire spiritual gifts that will build. Don't be contented in a sense. If you see a need in a church, if you see what is lacking, pray, God gift us. And that's what I've been praying also. More of God's gift. I've been praying particularly for our healing prayer service. Pray that God will gift people in our midst the gift of healing. So useful, right? The gift of healing at healing prayer service. And we pray. There are people with... Uh, we have a heart to pray for healing. Yes, we, I'm asking them to come to pray. 
but we will, it will be great if we have more in this area of gift of healings here in our midst here. And lastly, if you have those gifts, use them diligently. Use them diligently. Don't hide it. Don't minimize it. But use them. Use them. Last week, Vincent talked about um, fruit of the Spirit. This week, we're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. What's the difference? Okay, the, this is the Holy Spirit. He's, he's a person and He gives us both the fruits as well as the gift. The Holy Spirit gives us the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit also gives us the gifts of the Spirit. It is a gift. It is a present freely given to us. What's different? The fruit of the Spirit related to Christ-like character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these are Christ-like character. And all these depend on maturity. As we mature in our life, uh, particularly related to as we let the Spirit become the precedence of the life, the more the Spirit directs our life, the more the Spirit, we let the Spirit control our life, the more we will bear the fruit of the Spirit, a Christ-like maturity. What about spiritual gifts? These are so-called the tools to build the church. May not necessarily related to maturity. Why do I say that? Because you look at the church in a Corinth, there are abundance of spiritual gifts, and yet it is one of the most immature church mentioned in the New Testament. A lot of doctrinal problem, a lot of divisions, a lot of selfishness, a lot of fightings, and yet they are one of the most gifted church. So it seems to be the maturity and the giftedness. There is no, there is little correlations here. So a person can be very gifted going around prophesizing and then going around praying for healing, doing miracles. And yet the person, their character can be very immature. And you say, how can? Because it is grace. It is a gift of grace given to you, not based on the maturity so we must not evaluate a person's spiritual maturity based on the person's spiritual gifting. And if you have certain spiritual gifts, make sure that you also grow in your fruit of the Spirit. You grow in Christ-like maturity. And I believe the gifts that God has given to us is for us to use from now until Christ's second coming. So let's look at the various listings in the Bible about spiritual gifts. There are altogether uh, five passages in the Bible that, that talks about uh, spiritual gifts. Let me just read to you some of this and you'll see the listing here. First of all, it's the apostle, people who have been sent out. Again, the apostle seems to be divided into two categories. One category will be the twelve, including Paul and the brothers of uh, James, the brother of Jesus, where have a lot of authoritative to write the, uh, the scriptures. There are also certain apostles that don't, don't seem to have the same kind of authoritative, but people have been sent out to plant churches like Barnabas, like Timothy, like Titus, and also oversee churches. And then the gift of prophecy. We see that in the Old Testament, but see the New Testament. New Testament prophecies slightly, um, slightly different. How different did it come back? on 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when I talk about the gift of prophecy. Okay? And then we have teachers teaching. And then we have the gift of miracles. And then the gift of tongues, able to speak in a uh, language that uh, I learned before. And then the interpretation of tongues. And then the gift of healing. Gift of wisdom, word of wisdom. And then faith word of knowledge, and then distinguishing spirits, uh, gifts of help, gifts of guidance, giving guidance, giving directions, gifts of service, gifts of exaltations, gifts of giving, mercy, 
uh, leading. Pastors, some people put it together, pastor teachers, and then gift of evangelism. And then Peter, he lumped everything together into two different categories. Peter will say either gift of related to serving or speaking. Use your hand or use your mouth. So if you put, you can actually group them into, if you squeeze them, you can actually group into this, these two different uh, categories here. So if you look, as I flash it in different, uh, different ways, and uh, different ones comes out, you'll be able to see that none of the various gifts listed here is identical, suggesting that none of them individually or together intended to be comprehensive. That it is possible there could be more gifts that is not listed. That is not listed here. There could be gifts in existence. What are these kind of gifts? Maybe, okay, we need to suggest maybe uh, worship leading, musical gifts, hospitality, intercession, craftsmanship, as we see some of this in the, uh, in the Old Testament, how it was uh, manifested. And there are some gifts also, they are quite similar, overlap in this usage. Like a gift of leadership and giving guidance seems to be, there are some overlapped. And then gifts of helps and gifts of mercy, certain. And also word of knowledge and word of wisdom, again. And also prophecy seems to be a little bit more overlapped in this area. Scripture does not define the gifts. But Scripture do give, to, give some examples about how they are supposed to be used and certain people demonstrating some of this gift. Because of time, I'm not going to define each of these gifts. It will be done in the various CG level. Okay, so you want to know definition? Go at 10 CG. But today I want to share with you certain examples of how I see some of these gifts we manifested in our church here based on what I know. And then uh, years back, we started the healing prayer service. There was a couple who came in. This couple wanting for a child, but seems to be a difficulty having a child. So the couple came, and then the wife was seated down there, didn't respond to the altar call. And then another sister went towards this wife and then offered to pray for her. And I asked the wife, what are you praying for? She said, I'm praying for a child. So the wife prayed. Uh, so the sister prayed for the wife, prayed that God will bless her with a child. A few weeks later, this sister went back and they have an impression, a word, a word from the Lord. And this word is Romans chapter 9, verse 9. It's about Sarah in the Bible will have a new child whom she named as Isaac. So this sister went to share with this wife and said that God has given me this word to encourage you. So share this word, Romans 9, 9. And after a while, this wife got pregnant. And she gave birth to a child and she named her child as Isaac. I believe this is an example of a gift of knowledge. How does sister know about sharing this word? And there are some also, there are people who have very specific knowledge and able to share to people as they pray. I believe this is an example of a gift of knowledge. Last year at Thanksgiving service, people write down, wrote down some of their Thanksgiving. If you read carefully, there was uh, two parents who wrote in the Thanksgiving testimony about their challenges of being parents of two children with autism. They have a hard time. In fact, those of us who know them, they couldn't even attend church because of various challenges. But then a particular brother, I believe this brother have the gift of mercy. He sees the situations, the parents are not able to attend church, the children are not giving spiritual uh, 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 intake. So he organizes a group of people, various ones, and says, come, let us take turns to help, to so-called look after the, the two children with autism as they attend the Sunday school or attend our cool club. So they roster various ones and then the the children get fed spiritually. The parents can sit into our service and able to worship God. That's happened for more than a year already. Done. It started off with a brother with the gift of mercy, gather other people, and then they form, and then they minister 
to God's people. Several years ago, we have this Chinese pastor called Pastor Chen Guang. Um, I know him personally. And every time we have staff meeting, he will share testimony about he will go and share Christ with this person, he will share Christ with this person, and this person received Christ, that person received Christ. It's like very easily, everybody he talked to seems to receive Christ. And I think back, this person has the gift of evangelism. He just has this burden. And he just has so easily, he shared the gospel with people. And, and Pastor Guangshan also, I believe, he too, he also, once in a while, he will share uh, pictures of so-and-so receive Christ. Another one, picture of so-and-so receive Christ. I'm so glad this is a person who has gift of evangelism. And many years ago, more than 15 years ago, God has laid a burden upon our hearts as leaders that we cannot just stay in the hill. We need to do something outside this hill. And God led us to the community there at Taman Garden. Guess who is the one who pioneered the work and lead the church together? The person who had the gift of leadership. None other than our senior pastor, Kokpai. I believe he had the gift of leadership. He governized all of us. He led us there. And then he pioneered the work there. Last week, we have a parenting workshop. Parenting workshop ministering to young parents about cyber wellness. Okay? Another sister, she's an older parent. Parent, parent uh, children grow up with it. She don't need to attend. But she came to us. She offered, can I buy something as a refreshment? And she did. She had the gift of service. Behind the scenes, she go and buy breakfast, bring it there in the morning, leave it there so that parents who attend the workshop can enjoy it. And then she left. She had the gift. And Linda, that's now I mentioned, uh, we have watched her video. She had the gift of leadership also. To lead the people. But one more greater gift, no, not say greater, one more interesting gift is the same gift that I mentioned, the gift of service. Those of you who got married in this church, many of you experience her gift of service. She will come, gather a group of people behind there, decorate the whole church, she will decorate from Friday. I think she will come at 6, work all the way until 12, sometimes 1. And she do it, not just one wedding service, one after another, after another. Not just English, but Chinese pe- <laughs> congregation people will ask her. And she just don't seems to get tired. She enjoy serving. That is a gift of service here. And our elder Edwin, you see when he come and teach, he make the Word of God come alive. How can he discover so many things? Correct? With his PowerPoint, very kilat. I can only do flash one at a time here and there to make it look good, to compensate for my lack. But he can able to teach and make the Word of God come alive. He has the gift of teaching here. I believe there are more. Just that, Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I didn't realize it. Some of you are already exercising. You may not realize it. Exercising your spiritual gifts. But what I'm trying to say is that God has blessed us. God has gifted us. And we need to use those gifts. Both the so-called spectacular as well as the so-called ordinary. Each of us have a role to play. And it's such an exciting thing to be part of God's church here. But that's not the case in the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth, they are a gifted church. But they are very divided. They are divided. So Paul have to address the issue. How, why are they divided? Particularly those of them who have the gift of tongues. They felt that they are superior than the other gifts. So make people, they think that they are very spiritual it minimizes the rest. Other people feel inferior to them. And if you try to elevate themselves. So Paul had to address these particular issues. That's why in chapter 14, he compared the tongues as, and also the gift of prophecy. Okay? That is because of the misuse of tongue. Tongues itself, it is a good gift. So don't because of the, the negative use of the tongue in the book of, book of Corinth that we minimize the, the gift of tongues. No, it's still a good gift, just that they 
misused it. And Paul had to address this. And let's look at how Paul addresses this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. The Bible, okay, let's read together again. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we were all given that one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Just now I mentioned earlier, we see the Trinity at work in giving and blessing us the spiritual gift, the oneness, Trinity, three separate persons, one God. We see that here again about that oneness. To Paul, what makes the church one is the common experience of the Spirit. What makes the church one is the common experience of the Spirit. What is this common experience of the Spirit? They were all baptized into the same reality. What is this same reality? The body of Christ. Okay, baptized into one body and then they are made to drink of one spirit. What is this drinking of one spirit here? It is to receiving of the spirit. And then, you see this word baptized. What does this word mean? To be baptized is to plunge or to dip or to immerse into some kind of liquid, example, water or dye. And sometimes when you baptize into it, you take on the identity of the particular liquid that you are dipped in. Okay? So to be baptized by the Spirit, what does it mean? It means that all of us, the moment, all of us, the moment you receive Christ, you are formed put together into this new reality which is the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit forms us into the body of Christ. And when do this happen? When does this happen when we all form the body of Christ? It happens when we receive the Spirit. That is at conversion, we receive the Spirit. We are all formed together into one body. And it's a privilege. It is not just anybody. It is Christ's body. It is Christ's. The Holy Spirit baptized us into Christ's body. The emphasis there is about unity. These people, then, they were all separated people outside that culture. Why are they separated? How, how are they separated? They are separated by their race and their religious differences, Jews or Greeks. And they are separated from, by their social status, Slaves or free. But in Christ, they are now one. Done by who? By the Holy Spirit. Immerse us, put us together into this body. And it happened at conversions. This is very important to Paul. And this is the emphasis that Paul wants. We are one. We are one. And the Holy Spirit makes us one. He goes on to say, in verse 15. Everybody belongs to this body. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an ear, an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Everybody, no matter how different you are, how small, how seemingly insignificant you belong to this body, all parts in the body serve a very important function, regardless of any claim by yourself or outside people on the contrary. Everybody is equally important and everybody has a role. So no one should think himself as inferior other people. So no need to be certain type of people, certain giftedness for you to feel important, for you to feel a part. Every one of us can play a part, can play a role. I'm glad 
Last year, Christmas, somebody received Christ from Teban Garden. And I see different one of us, young adults, coming alongside with her to help her to grow in her faith. One person came, follow up, and then not able to continue. Another person came, follow up, then another person come together. This one plays a different role to help a sister grow in Christ. This is what it means to, that everybody has a role to play. And Paul goes on to say, we are one body, but all of us are different parts. We are different. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts, in the, the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted to be. If they are all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Unity does not equal uniformity. There is unity in diversity here. The body, though one, you have many different parts. And every part are needed. And notice this. You and I, we are not haphazardly placed into this body. But God has carefully arranged and include here, include you here for his, according to His perfect you. You are needed. So no need to feel inferior, no need to feel superior. I came to, I came to this church years ago as a youth. Now I look back, yes, quite some time. Years ago as a youth, I came here um, as an attendee. I just come, I know one or two person, and I leave. I come, I chow. I come, I chow. I only know the person sit next to me, that's all. But then after I realized that I cannot be just an attendee. And there's a switch within me, in my mind, in my spirit, where I recognize that I'm not just an attendee, I am part of the body. That's when I started to join a cell group. And then I look around, I notice, hey, there are people called to pray. And there's such a thing called Wednesday prayer meeting. <laughs> so I come to Wednesday prayer meeting to pray. Then I realize that, hey, I can lead song. So I offer myself, I lead prayer meeting, I lead worship at the prayer meeting smaller group first. And then got okay feedback. Then I said, okay, I'm going to lead at the bigger group. I lead worship at church. Then I began to realize that I like to help other people to grow in faith. So I offered myself to lead follow-up and to lead small group. And after a while, I'm able to play various roles according to the needs of the church. Why? Because of there's a switch there. That I'm no longer an attendee. I'm part of this body. God has placed me here in this unique way. So brothers and sisters, you and I, every one of you are not here by accident. God has a role for you to play. If you are sitting here, just an attendee, I encourage you, begin to have a mind switch, look around. There could be things that you can be doing. God has gifted you. God has blessed you in order to help you to able to do more than what you can be doing here. And I believe that this is not just, uh, though this passage is about spiritual gift, but the application is more than just a spiritual gift. I believe God has not just gifted us with spiritual gifts, God also gifted us, blessed us with different other kind of ways to serve the church. If you're familiar with the 40 days um, purpose-driven purpose-driven uh, life book, the S-H-A-P-E, shape. First one, God has gift, bless you with spiritual gift, S. God also give you with certain hearts, desire, H. God has blessed, blessed you with ability, different abilities. Then P, personality. Then E, various life experiences. You can use all these things in order to build up the church. Verse 21, Paul goes on to say, not only you have a role to play, we are supposed to depend on each other 
We are supposed to have concern for each other. Let me read to you. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we deem are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honour, every part rejoices in it. With the diversity, there is a corresponding mutual dependence. I need you, you need me. And if you are hurt, I'm also hurt. If, if you rejoice, I can rejoice with you. There is this commonality that we need to share in this body that Paul is trying to say because of the, what the Spirit has done for us, putting us into this one. We, need, we are interconnected. We are interconnected. And I hope that you, want, you know who regularly sits in front of you in church service, who regularly sits on your left, who regularly sits. Usually people, we are creatures of habits. We don't change seats regularly. Okay? We usually sit around one or two places. There's one favourite spot. If favourite spot is taken, you'll go to your second favourite spot. Okay? Usually you sit around that same area. Take notice of people around. And if one is missing, be concerned enough to find out why is he missing? Why is she missing? How can you pray for him or her? And sometimes we come in our church, we come alone, we sit, we worship, and then we leave. We are not even realized who is missing, who is here, who is not here. Sometimes I also forget. But I hope that today, what Paul is encouraging us, we are one body, there should be mutual concern. There should be mutual dependence. We need to be aware. So and so have this particular need. How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? So today, before you leave your seat, if anybody that you do not know as familiar, take the time just to get to know the favorite person and ask, uh, what's your phone number? So that at least you can text lah. But if you ask their phone number, don't get surprised. Why are you on my phone number? No. There are various ways for us to, to understand and to know one another. Diversity is God's plan. Everybody, let this truth sink in, into, your, into your soul. We need one another. Everybody have a part to play. Don't neglect your role. You have something special, something needed to give to the church, the people around you. Many times, we young or old, we are contented to sit back and let other people do the work. We can tell, tell ourselves, somebody else will do this work. I, I came across this poem, poem here. Let me read to you this poem. Interesting. I hope it, the words is not too big for you. There's a clever young fellow named somebody else. There's nothing this fellow can't do. He's busy from morning till way late at night, just substituting for you. When asked to do this or asked to do that, so often you are set to reply, get somebody else, Mr. Chairman. He will do it much better than I. There's so much to do in our parish, so much, and the workers are few. And somebody else gets weary and worn just substituting for you. So, next time you're asked to do something worthwhile, come up with this honest reply. If somebody else can give time and support, it is obviously true, so can I. So can I. Peter, talking about spiritual gifts, I believe not just applying to spiritual gifts alone, but applying to every other thing that God has blessed you with. Each of you 
should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. It is His grace of God in its various forms. In its various forms. God has blessed you with various things. Use it to serve. Use it to bless. I know of a group of people who are faithful prayer warriors. They are intercessors. Every time there's a prayer needs, these people will pray. I know of the prayer chain, the ladies' ministry, they have this prayer chain when they have a request, they will pray and then they will send the message down to the next person. Next person receive it, pray, then send it here. And they will pray for the various requests. And they've been going on for years. These are people who play a very important role. And then there's another group who comes together to pray. Do you know Teban Garden? We have this prayer group that goes to Teban Garden to pray regularly. The reason why we are seeing some of the fruits there I believe it's the result of these people coming together to pray. They go there to the hotel to pray. Each of us can do something. And today, ask the Lord, Lord, what has you blessed me? What have you gifted me? How have, and how can I use this as part of this body to be a blessing to the, the, the people around here? I see ourselves here, this church, as paddling a boat like this dragon boat together. Each of us have a paddle. You have a gift. You have a calling. You are blessed with different personality, blessed with different experiences, blessed with different ability, blessed with different kind of experiences. Each of us have a vital place and unique role to fill. Each of your paddle have your unique thumbprint, have your unique individual circuitry designed by God for good works. God has placed us into this community, specifically into this local church here at PPH, with this divine purpose. He calls us body, one body. He calls us one family. He calls us a church. And He don't want us to, one person to do all this assignment. He has designed everybody like a symphony to do it together. And guess what? This is Christ's body. Regardless of your race, regardless of your language, regardless of your past religious uh, background, regardless of, of your economic status, of your maturity, you can be doing something. And to obtain, to bring us into one body, what did Jesus Christ have to do? He sacrificed His life. He died for you in order to redeem this body, to make us as one. And this is a privilege. And I want to call us to ask God to use us. So let us pray. Invite the musicians to come out. Let us pray. Where you are, I'm going to lead us to a time of prayer. Shall we all just stand? Sit down long enough. Let us all stand. First of all, I'd like us to just thank God. Thank God for calling you to be part of this body. First, the body of the Universal Church of Christ. And then, thank God for calling us to be part of this body here at PPH. God to help you to identify, identify your spiritual gifts. The areas that you are burdened to serve. The area that when you serve, you feel that there are some fruits or people that make comments to you that you are good at certain things. These are various ways that you can identify your spiritual gifts. And not just your gift, but also your talent, your personality, your experiences. Ask God to surface it out.
And if you desire certain gifts, take this time just to pray. God says you can seek Him. But the motive is to build up God's church, not for personal glory. Next, I'd like us to just avail ourselves, yield ourselves to God. Say, God, you have blessed me with all these gifts, all these talents. Right now, God, I want to avail myself to serve you. Ask God to identify areas that you can start beginning to, to play your role. Just, just lift our voices to worship this, this God who, who bought us with His life to form this body.
that we just lift our voices and just to pray for our church. Let's lift our voices and just to pray that God will bless us with all the spiritual gifts. God will make us one. God will help us to depend on each other, to concern for each other. God will build this church. Come and let's pray. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone here. You came into our life. You don't want to just be residents. I pray that, God, you will become the president of each and every one of our lives. Not individually, but president as a church corporately, Father, corporately together, Lord. We thank you that you have gifted us with all the spiritual blessing. I pray for all the spiritual gifts, Father, that's made available to build this church. Bless us, give us more, give us more. Help our people to discover it and to go and actively use it for your glory, for your glory. That God, we will not just be, um, just be attending, but we will play our role as a member of this wonderful body that God, you have put us together. Our Father, I thank you for this. Help us, Father, to do our part and to see you do your part in building this church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.